listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch episode 503. My name is Dave and I'm joined as always by my co-host Wayne as we return to discuss the Fox series Fringe. Good to be back and you know without going into the details uh, as you know it's been a tough couple weeks for me with uh, my mom passing away and then a family member with some pretty severe medical issues but you know hopefully got that under control and uh, you know we can get back to recording on a weekly basis so uh, you probably didn't listen to the sci-fi tv rewatch rewind that we published last week did you? I, I did not oh dude i i mean it was uh as i was saying to you it, it's one that we were having trouble back in 2013 you know coming up with a time to record so it was like all right let's just do it on our lunch break so oh, we're okay. like two little school right, kids right. I back okay. there you know looking over our shoulder is the principal gonna walk <laughs> in on us <laughs> You know, and but it was fun. It was shorter than usual because, geez, back then, dude, we had some like hour and 45 minute, almost two hour podcasts. Really? Which, you know, I guess there are some podcasts out there that that's routine, but sure. I don't know about you. I, well, I think you're, you're with me. I mean, an hour, you know, for even for me listening to a podcast, that that's pushing. Yeah. It. <laughs> no. um i like i like the good hour chunk but uh you know if i'm really into something like i'll i'll sit there and listen to it for multiple hours but, um, what's that dude dan carlin they're like six hours yeah, <laughs> yeah his are really really long I, I you know i i mean it would take me all week to to listen to one of his podcasts but um well he only does like a couple a year carlin right <laughs> yeah 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 um but i haven't listened to him in a while you know he started doing one about Japan, I think, and everything, and not that it wasn't interesting, but I don't know, it wasn't quite as interesting as other stuff. And you know, I think I actually got a new phone around then, so like when you, you know, upload the the, the new app, and um, you have to you know subscribe again to all the all the podcasts you're subscribing to before. And I think it just didn't make the trans transfer there or something. I don't know, but. Yeah. I want to thank our Patreon supporters. I used to say you can go to the website if you're interested in supporting us through Patreon. There's a, there will be a link over to the right, but with the new website design, I haven't figured out how to do that. So you would actually have to go to patreon.com slash sci-fi TV rewatch. And, you know, once you get there, all oh, of come on, Dan, I know, get together, I know, man. I know. I know. Um, if you want to contact, yeah, this inflation is also, you know, like cocaine. The price has gone way th- it's through the roof, man. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, if you want to contact us with some feedback, like what the hell's wrong with you two? Uh, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. All right. Now, just one little piece of news, which really ties in to our coverage of Fringe. I don't know if you notice. I, I think I'm much more of an Anglophile than you are. When you start off with the words, I don't know if you notice. I guarantee you I did not notice. All right. Well, the British royal family bestowed the titles of prince and princess on the children of Prince Harry and Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. Now, 
Is that a coincidence that occurred just as we've been covering her appearance on Fringe? Dude, I don't think it's a coincidence. I feel it is not a coincidence, right. man. Right. So, uh, Megan, Harry, uh, you know, anytime you want to thank us. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah exactly. Reduce us to Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, what we're watching, I finished the tunnel. And I'm now going to check out, I think, the original Swedish version, which is titled The Bridge, because they don't have a tunnel between Sweden and Denmark. But uh, it was a really good show. So I was really sorry to see it end. Shocking conclusion uh, that just caught my wife and I totally by surprise. Really? Um, Mm. Now, we also started watching last night the Prime Video series Daisy and the Six. Have you- yeah, you know, I saw that. I mean, I didn't see, you know, I, I saw like, you know, when I go to Prime Video, that's like the big thing there, like trying to get me to watch it. So how is that? Well, so far, so good. Now, it's a fictitious rock band of the 70s that I, I've read a few reviews, spoiler free, uh, that that kind of imply that it's loosely based on Fleetwood Mac and their rise to stardom. But, eh, you know, I, I mean, I'm fairly conversant in Fleetwood Mac's history. Maybe. But regardless, one of the stars is Riley Keough, who my wife and I absolutely love her as an actress. We first saw her in a, a series called The Girlfriend Experience. She was in a movie called Zola, American Honey, really kind of offbeat movies she was also in mad max fury road which i've gone on record before saying i just don't get it but what i know but anyway she she's the the front person for this band although the the point we're in the show so far she hasn't joined the band yet but you may also know again as i preface that (laughs) oh she played uh she was in the runaways she played, she played. She was one of the Runaways in the movie The Runaways. You mean the older movie? Yeah. No, I don't think Riley Keough uh, was. But twenty ten. Yep. Oh, are you looking it up? She. Yeah. I'm looking oh, okay. She well, made her feature film debut. Oh, okay. At age twenty, appearing in the supporting part in the musical biopic The Runaways. Okay. Well, she is also the granddaughter of Elvis. Her mother She's, is. Uh, oh. Yeah, she was the, she was the lead singer. She Cherry Curry. Okay, in uh, oh okay. in the Runaways. Okay, well she anyway, was great. I knew that name sounded familiar. No, okay. Well, anyway, so far we're really liking it, and I finally got my wife to check out Mister Robot, and of course, after one episode, she had to utter those words. We all love to hear. You were right. It's great, <laughs> but it is kind of heavy. You you've seen it, right? I have seen all, but I haven't seen the last season yet. So it is kind of heavy. So we took a break from it, but uh, we're definitely going to going to return. And it's been so long for me that I don't remember a lot of the details. So anyway, what are you watching? So because we had a week off, my what I'm watching list doubled. Well, I'm going to keep it down to the the things that are really rocking my socks right now. And um, so one thing is the recent Academy Award crusher, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, actually just watched that on Friday night, and then Sunday night it won like everything at the Oscars. So uh, really cool movie. 
Um, I know you don't. You're not big, and I think it's more than two hours long. <sighs> so probably. <laughs> but the fact that a a genre film that has like you know multiverse in it and jumping between universes and things like that to win the best picture academy award i think that's pretty darn cool where can i see it so here's what i had to do um it is you can is on amazon prime and if you get a showtime uh if you subscribe to showtime you can watch it for free now you have a, a seven day uh, trial period with, with Showtime. Okay, well, I have Showtime, so, all right. Oh, well, then you can just watch it right. straight up cool. on Amazon Prime. All right. Yeah, I, I do not. So we got the seven-day free trial. Uh, we watched it Friday night, and I will be canceling my Showtime membership on uh, on this Friday, coming Friday. But uh, I, I never thought I would do that, but I find myself doing that a lot recently. Like This is like the third thing that I've subscribed to something just to, you know, use it during its uh, trial period to watch something. So I'm, I'm comfortable with that though, Dave. There you go. Um, so it's a really good movie. I very highly, it is, uh, you're, you're going to be so confused for probably at least half the movie. Cause it just, it's so bananas that, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And, and we don't know what's going on yet really, uh, because we have to learn things along with the main character who's learning things on the fly so uh, it takes a while before we we get caught up and everything, but in the end, it's really really good. Also, I both started and finished uh, The Last of Us uh, last week. I had just had other things that I was watching, and I was like, ah, I'll just watch it. And then you know, more and more people are talking about. It. I got kids in my journalism class asking me if I'd seen it, wanting to talk about. It. So, um, so I went and watched it, and it was again very good. Um, I, I liked it a lot. I wouldn't say I loved it necessarily just because I think there's so much of it that is just like it, like it was really, was really in many ways watching like the walking dead. There was so much similarity except for, you know, a, a big group of people as we have in the walking dead. We just have the two people, uh, a dude and a girl, but, uh, but really good, very enjoyable. Um, I, I had actually got caught up enough that I could actually watch the uh, s- season finale last night. Um, you know when it came on HBO, which is, is kind of cool. And uh, Anna Torv oh, as, as okay. well. So yeah, some really good uh, guest stars in there. Anna Torv, bother. Oh, Nick Offerman is in it as well from Parks and Recreation, which. You probably don't know that, but you would probably recognize Nick. Oh, Hall. no, I've seen a few. So, okay. Yeah. Um, the last, but certainly not least, it was Picard season three. And um, I just really, really love the, the Star Trek universe and all the Star Trek. I haven't seen all of them. And I probably never will because, you know, like, you know, I've watched Deep Space Nine for a couple of seasons, but. You know, then couldn't keep up and, you know, kept going. And there's a lot of Deep Space Nine. Uh, I loved Voyager uh, at first. I watched Voyager probably for two, three seasons. But again, like, just job stuff, like actually being an adult. or I don't know why. Uh, you know, I just stopped watching it. And then, you know, there's a lot of episodes there. So I wouldn't, you know, it would just be a major task to go back and watch all of them. But, um 
but Picard is is great, especially this season because uh, they are bringing back a lot of the old cast from uh, Next Generation, and in fact, bringing back the one character that I was so desperate that they should bring back, which is Gates McFadden as Doctor Beverly Crusher, and I'm going to announce here on on our on our podcast, Dave, that I have slash had slash have a massive crush on Gates McFadden. She's 74 and I still think she's looks pretty good, but you know, that was, especially when it was, it was on, uh, back in the day, like, man, like I was just so in love with Beverly Crusher and, uh, but she has not really been on anything since the, the movies and she wasn't in either season one or two of, she was in neither season one nor two of, of Picard, but uh, they brought her back for season three and it's cool. Okay. All right. Well, just before we get into Fringe, uh, you know, since you have showtime until Friday, I would just warn you don't start Yellow Jackets. Okay. Don't start Billions with Damian Lewis. Right. And don't start Penny Dreadful with Eva Green. I am not going to start any of this because then I will end up getting probably want to get a subscription for at least a month. And I'm already like, I'm knocking out some of the shows that I've wanted to watch. I'm not picking up any new ones. I, I just, I want to, I want to get my to-do list done. Okay. Well, I'm going to do a little research. Sometimes these shows appear in more than one streaming service and maybe it's Penny Dreadful was on something. I don't know if it was Netflix or HBO, but I remember seeing it. Okay. On- well, I'll check it out, but uh, all right. Anyway, let's get to fringe. Season two, episode four, titled Momentum Deferred, written by Zach Stentz and Ashley Edward Miller, directed by Joe Chappelle, aired October 8th, 2009. So we got a couple pretty prominent guest stars. Hell yeah. Teresa Russell, who I think all of us have been in love with forever. But Walter just walks away from (sighs) him. Dude, that is... That is just not within the realm of believability. Yeah, I know. And, and you know, it was such a great scene, actually scenes, because initially we, like Peter, are fairly, I don't think terrified is too strong a word to, to, you know, to know how she's going to react when they knock on her door that first time. Right, right. And then you see the look on her face, and we're still not sure for a moment. And then the smile and she hugs him and, you know, that sense of relief that we all feel just, just, you know, sweeps over us. And then at the end, when he asks Peter if he can go home with her and then I need yeah. some money <laughs> and then Peter gives him, you know, some money. But then, like you said, he, he goes home, but doesn't go in and, and, it tells us a lot about Walter and, and, you know, we don't know what Walter was really all about pre St. Clair's. I mean, we know he was completely focused on his work, probably to the detriment of others, including his own family, but just some, just some really powerful scenes here. The ubiquitous Roger Cross as hybrid. 
Grand Puba genre TV, man. You know, I was looking at his IMDb page, and it's of course, endless. Well, and, and of course, he's still working, but he hasn't been in a genre show in a while. He's really? he's in a number of detective crime dramas, which hmm. I mean, he's perfect for. Sure, but you know, so I don't know. Maybe he wants to uh, spread his wings a little bit and get outside the genre field. But whatever, uh, he's that certain- dude is like he is the definition of. The working actor, yep, man, you know, absolutely. Like he's just did one thing after another. He's awesome and everything. Yep, love Roger Cross. Yep. Well, we also learn about the ability to distinguish that which doesn't belong, and as we've talked about, the the fact that we now have the multiverse in play in, in Fringe, it does become pretty important, even to the uh, fact that uh, to the point where we get something i think we already had it verified but it didn't hurt for uh teresa russell's character to verify it for us again at the end when she says goodbye to peter right and and sees the glow around him Mm -hmm. are you surprised she didn't say anything or you know not just that she left it and went back to her life um, you know, I don't know if I really thought about that very much. Uh, uh, so yeah, I don't, I, I guess I wasn't totally surprised because the character is pretty like an easygoing character who seems to just kind of take life as it comes to her, you know? Yeah. But I guess given, you know, everything she's experienced, you know, with Walter Bishop in the past and now in, in the present, and she looks at him, and I think Peter even says, is something wrong or is everything okay? And she's like, mm, nah, it's okay. And well, you know, she knows it's not, and we know it's not. Now, right. we can only surmise what she must be thinking in terms of an explanation, which, of, of course, we don't get in this episode. Right. Um. We hear about a search for a being that's going to open a door to the other universe. And I guess that's uh, the dude that's having his head sewn back on at the end of the episode, which was alternately terrifying and mostly terrifying, mostly terrifying, but still kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of cool. Coolifying. Yeah. And the other thing, I guess, I guess it's this episode, you know, it's funny because we didn't haven't talked about it for two weeks now fringe that is it's this episode we learn that the shapeshifters are actually hybrids so so they're not human they're just part human right right yes and i don't remember if we got a percentage i think we got a percentage of how much of their blood and i'm making air quotes is actually right. mercury and it was a fairly high percentage, at least, I think, 50%. Yeah, I'm looking to see if I wrote it down, but yeah. I don't think I did. So, you know, this being that we see having his head reattached uh, is, I guess, tasked with uh, holding open the door to the other universe. And and I, I guess we have to, at this point, kind of start putting two and two together. The people from the other side, the other universe want to come over to yeah i i think we in 
probably call it the prime universe, you know, the, the, the main one with the characters that were used to dealing right. with up to this point. So f- the, the people from the alternate universe want to come to the prime universe. I'm guessing for nothing good in terms of, at least as far as the prime universe would perceive it. Well, the shapeshifters methods are definitely under question. Yes. We, we do wonder, you know, we, we imagine that whatever they're up to, as you said, is not good. Right. So we've got that now in play. The introduction of the poly exclusion principle. And I'm not sure why Nina felt the need to actually slam those two snow globes together. So, hard that one breaks i'm not sure why they didn't dramatic it was and she's probably got a closet full of snow globes every every time she has to explain this to somebody she breaks a snow globe and i'm and i'm thinking all right why didn't they both break but i I, that wouldn't then explain the poly exclusion principle if they both broke exactly you wonder how many times they had to film that scene before one didn't break yeah true true unless they coated the one with some sort of uh space age polymer that uh, that. held it together Uh, and then maybe the most important scene in the entire episode which is that extended exchange between olivia and william bell that we'll we'll get to in a little Mm -hmm. little bit that um Gives us a lot for for sure, but the opening scene where we've got the cryogenically preserved heads that are ready for transport, and that's of course when we are introduced to Roger Cross's character. The guy finally decides, all right, four shots to the chest didn't even slow this dude down. Let me go yeah. for a, a headshot. And we're thinking, like, dude, have you not seen a zombie movie? I mean. I know. So it's it's that's so so painful the times when they just don't follow the rules of zombie apocalypse uh, survival. Right. And I mean I get the first shot going to the chest. Sure. And maybe even the second shot. But anyway. And we're looking at our TV screens. That's not blood oozing from his head. You know, we're thinking like, okay, you know, because we're used to seeing AI that seem to bleed some sort of white fluid. Right. Right. And that's not really what it looks like. And, you know, it doesn't take long. All right. That looks like silver. And then, you know, of course we've, Oh, that's mercury, which is of course what it turns out to be. So, so, yeah. so that was a pretty cool scene. And again, always great to see Roger cross. Uh, nice to see him when he's not a bad guy, but he does both so well. Uh, he's not, kind of a bad guy that's what i'm saying i mean maybe i I, maybe i said the opposite of what i meant it's it's i think yeah 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 it's nice to see him i'd rather not see him as a bad guy i guess okay anyway um um, you know what i said the scene with olivia and william bell is the most important and i still think it is but then when we get to the lab and walter and peter are arguing the merits of of having Olivia ingest a glass full of worms as a means to regain her memories. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she just takes it and downs it. Yeah. He, Walter didn't even have a chance to mix it with strawberries. Right. And I mean, again, just a, just a classic line in, in this episode and the look on everybody else's face is just, again, just priceless. 
That's that's Olivia. I mean, that's like a really that's actually a really good like character development type or character affirming. I guess should should say scene where you know she's just someone who's not gonna putz around. Let let's just get it done. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, she's a woman of action, and yeah. and, and nothing says it more than than downing a glass of uh, pureed worms. Yeah, that's gross. And uh, again, even as Peter's saying, you know, Walter, okay. I I hear your theory. I just refute it. It doesn't make any right. sense. But <laughs> at this point, she's so desperate to recover her memories, and, and and we get that. And and sometimes it's easy to forget how much she seems to have forgotten, and and right. how much has been going on around her. And and she realizes. I I think that she knows she has to be at full strength. And if this is going to put her at full strength, fine. I'll I'll. I'll do this. We see her once again flash red to the other universe. Right. And I'm trying to remember back to when, you know, we watched this show in 2009 and, you know, we would go online to the, you know, to the fringe forums or discussions, uh, you know, whatever. And, And I think, we called it the red verse, but now I can't remember whether that's true or not. And, and I don't, Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. Either. And, yeah. and I don't think that's a spoiler if, if I turn out no. to be right with that, but, but we do see, you know, that over and over again, her flashbacks, the other universe is, you know, seen through a red filter. And, you know, of course uh, it happens when Peter walks toward her, so given that we're pretty certain Peter's from the other universe, mm-hmm. are the two connected? You know, is when she, you know, because we know, I can't what was Teresa Russell's character's name? Now I forgot. Rebecca. Rebecca, right, right. So we know Rebecca can distinguish something that doesn't belong in this universe, i.e. it's from the other universe. Right. Does Olivia possess that same skill set? It's not going to surprise us, given the fact that she's the best of the Cortexafan kids, right? At, at least according to William Bell. Can't remember if Walter right. said that at some point, but William Bell certainly does. Right now, I, you know, I don't know about that. I mean, what we've seen is that she's just really good at like jumping between the two. I mean, not, I shouldn't say good. You know, it's just she has is able to uh, jump between the universes. Like they're talking about keeping a door open and things like that, and it's, you know she can you know move between like flawlessly, sorry, seamlessly from one to the other, as we saw with the the car accident, right, or the not car accident, right? Sure, you know, like just in in the space of this time of just swerving in in her reality, swerving out of the way of a car she just entered the other world and she didn't even know it yeah and you know we talked about kind of forgetting how the whole thing about shapeshifter charlie was going to resolve itself and how long it was going to take to resolve itself because i hate the whole shapeshifter story patterns uh, you know and, and, and even if it's uh identical twins where you know one twin bad twin poses as the good twin i i just really 
to a large extent, see that as lazy writing. Well, the, yeah, the whole shapeshifter, and they did it on Picard too. And, and mercifully, it only lasted like, again, I think two episodes. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 a frustrating thing when they do that because you're just like, oh, it can be anyone, and you know, you want the good guy, you want to feel the good guys have a chance to to get the bad guy. The bad guy could just change how he or she looks. It's not fair. Right. And to their credit, they resolve it in one episode and Olivia, poor thing, gets her ass kicked again, but she recovers in time and... It's a poor dude, like the good Samaritan saying, hey, what's going on? He gets gets capped. Yep. Yep. Uh, Olivia goes for the headshot, takes him out, but even before that happens, again, something you probably are never going to say to your children after uh, Charlie complains about a lack of sleep, well, a little cannabis before bedtime does wonders. Well, in a couple months in Maryland, I'll be able to say that. Yeah, actually, so. well, you'll be able to. The question is whether you will. No, no. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. The other thing is, you know, you know, we've, we've Dave. I'm not, I'm not beyond maybe buying a couple little gummies. No? To, okay, to, for you know, to help, uh, help get get myself to sleep. No? We'll see. Okay, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah. Well, hopefully Marilyn won't uh, dick around on this, and uh, you know, yeah. pull a Olivia Dunham and be a state of action and get the get the buds rolling. Right. Let's get it. Let's get it done. But uh, we we certainly been aware of the little devices that allow the shapeshifters to change form right and i had forgotten that the original one was now in the hands of massive dynamic and they were trying to reverse engineer it and, and of course that's how we you know learn that that charlie is the shapeshifter and that main charlie is you know i mean he's been cremated and fred brings that up in his feedback, wondering whether we're going to see Kirk Acevedo again. And uh, other than flashbacks, I, I don't see how it's possible because well, main Charlie's. I, I do. And we've talked about this because there could be another Charlie in the other universe. Oh, right, right, right. We know there's another. I, I can't remember whether. I guess I should stop. I'm not. Well, we, did, we, we met Broyles, right, in the other universe. Correct? Well, well, sure. But I mean, look, the whole. I think she talked to Charlie too. Right, but the whole thing about the multiverse. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he was wearing some goofy hat. Um, well, I yeah. think they're goofy. I'm, I apologize to anybody out there that really likes yeah, those kind of. Just, uh, he just insulted the the, yeah. the hat wearing audience. Well, well, we don't have enough well, for you to go insulting people like that, David. We can't afford to lose it. <laughs> right, but look, I think we know that the whole idea of the multiverse is that there's a version of each person in both and they are the same, but slightly different. And that's, you know, the whole idea of, of the multiverse theory. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I Except mean, for William Bell, right? Right. Well, we don't know. We know there's a, we know the William Bell from the prime is now in the alternate universe. So right. we don't know what happened to alternate universe, William Bell. Yeah. Or if there was, or one. if there, well, I think we assume there was one. We don't know, whether he ever, you know, grew into adulthood. I mean, just yeah. just like with, or maybe he's like in charge of the shapeshifters. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, a internal external conflict right. between William Bell 
himself. Yeah. But, you know, they recover this second shape-shifting device, and that's what uh, obviously leads to the revelation that that the uh, guy posing as Charlie is not actually Charlie. And, and Walter, I guess he has a label, mechano-organic hybrid hmm. for what the shape-shifters are. Yeah. So, like you said a few minutes ago, whatever their plan is, it's not good because of the way that the shapeshifters have operated once they're over into the prime universe. And the question we still really have no idea about is how many of these damn things are there? We know they're already here. They've been here. But, well, okay, how many is they? So, you know, we don't really have any idea at this point. Um I'm guessing it's uh, more than a few. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we see that enough that, you know, they, they do like the kind of the minor jobs of like going and stealing heads. You know, like if you think there's only a couple of them, they would maybe, you know, subcontract on that or something. Yeah. Instead of, uh, you know, so I don't know. It, it's, it, they seem pretty low on the the um organizational flow chart okay you know all right um because like you said we've we've seen a lot of them and they're doing pretty menial stuff rather than sitting there at at a map making grand large-scale plans well well sure but the thing is are they just gonna keep manufacturing them and just send them over i mean you know like the russians in world war ii it just it doesn't matter now. Well, right. Doesn't matter how many you kill. We've got more. Did Peter not already have enough information to be in love with Olivia? <laughs> I mean, I thought he did, but no. They give us even more reason to love Olivia Dunham, right? You know what I'm talking about. Um... He says this whole thing reminds him of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh yeah. And she like knew like that there was more than one. Right. Well, not only did she know there was more than one, she knew the director of, of each yeah. of them. Um, right. Which version? Well, John Carpenter was the, the newer one, right? Well, she says Don Siegel or Philip Kaufman. Um, you know, I'm not oh, sure yeah. when the John Carpenter could that have possibly been after 2009. Probably it doesn't uh, seem like it, but regardless, he's impressed. Um, Oh, shapeshifter blood's 47% mercury. I did, there you go. I did find that in my notes. The other thing we, we've... Oh, he wrote The Thing. He, he did The Thing. John Carpenter. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, you know... That, that's, I was getting confused. See? Like Olivia knows more about the night. There you go. Just another reason to love her. Um, <laughs> y- y- we've wondered about the shapeshifter, and, and I think we talked last time about whether or not they could hold an individual form forever, which we speculated probably not. And and we learn here that in fact, no, they can't. And we get that great little special effect visual of Charlie's eye kind of losing its shape. And then, and then when he goes in the drugstore, starting your own pharmacy, I'm Surprised Charlie didn't pull his gun out and shoot the kid. And, right. and then he goes in. Uh, he he doesn't mix the mercury with anything. He, you know, straight no chaser, and the eye regains its shape. So that was pretty cool. Um, that was there. Yeah, that, that was wild. Yeah, and again a little disturbing, yep. but mostly wild. Um, 
you know, in the scenes, of course, with Rebecca, we talked about the, the initial meeting, wondering how it's going to go. And I love the fact that, I mean, she sort of acknowledges that the work Walter is doing and did in the past was not all bad. I mean, we get that Olivia was a child and had no choice. Rebecca was an adult, albeit, you know, probably 19 or 20 years old, but but still, uh, I think we would consider that an adult, and she volunteered for it. Right, able to freely give her consent as an adult. Right, and that she tells Walter that she sees what he gave her was a sense of, you know, specialness that that uh, he he made me special, and then as they're getting ready to repeat the experiment, we always talk about the music. Oh, dude! Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. I've seen all good people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, yep. except in solid, her case, another another solid choice for the the music director of the show. Yep. Except in her case, it's I've seen all bad people. Yes, I see dead people. Um, I see dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna let you just run with that one. Um, I'm trying to think what the I'm, I will say this to my wife a lot with shows that she hasn't seen, whether it's Breaking Bad or you know Mr. Robot, where I'm like, come on, that's you know your cultural literacy just took a big bump forward by the fact that you know, oh, it was the whole thing about Evil Corp, okay. how that's kind of become ubiquitous, uh, yeah, yeah, in in uh, modern culture. The other thing that was pretty fascinating is the whole idea of the ringing of the bell right somehow being tied into what yeah, like traveling crossing bet- cross yeah traveling between the worlds okay. right okay because william bell ironically, ironically has enough, right enough, yeah. has the bell in his office and he rings yeah. it when he sends her back right i think that's yeah yeah, yeah. and and in this case uh, Walter has Peter ring the bell and then she, Olivia just collapses to the ground. And that's of course, when she finds herself in William Bell's office. And uh, I don't know, just, just a sequence that's chock full of information, but I don't think we see it as this massive information dump. I mean, one of the first things is his recognition that she's out of sync with this side. And I guess when you think about it, well, okay, that makes perfect sense. Sure. Right. I mean, this right. is the same world, but it's not. So. Yeah. And, and right. And yeah. So there, there's, you know, we assume some innate differences in the, the basic creation or organization of the alternate world that you know again but then again william bell seems to have been there for a while he's seems like he's doing okay well right but i guess we have to then go back to the fact that she's only been there i guess really minutes Uh because we only we know that she's gone for an hour right so i think we can make the assumption that she's in the alternate universe with William Bell for an hour. And then he rings the bell and sends her back. So, you know, it's understandable that she's having, you know, a a few uh, time slippages as she 
copes with this, uh, I guess, mind-blowing experience at, at this point. He tells her she's just coming into her abilities, and it goes back to the reason that they did the Cortexafan trials to begin with, or so William Bell says, right? We knew there was a war coming, which I guess we assume that he means. We knew that the other universe was going to come over here and start a war. And we had to do something to prepare for that. So in our mind, the most prudent thing to do is train children to protect the prime universe. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough sell. Right, right. I mean, mean, you know, if all that is even like the case, which, again, the presence of the shapeshifters would lend some credence to, to that those words you know it's still tough to justify yeah i mean he talks about a guardian of the gate needed to be prepared are we to understand that that guardian is olivia dunham i mean i think yeah i think so yeah i mean certainly at this point that that seems to be the only thing that makes sense especially since she has this as i think they quote he says she has a natural ability right to be able to move between worlds. And we, we've seen like um, like David Robert Jones, right? He needed to create this portal that ended up slicing him in half or whatever. So, you know, like for other people, they really have to go to pretty great lengths and uh, Liv can just basically like snap her finger and she can move from one world to the next. So that, that seems to be a very unique ability. Right. And, you know, we hear tell of the first wave which are these shapeshifters that that again you know they've been here and they continue to arrive in the prime universe so you know at some point i i guess the idea is that that olivia if she is in fact the gatekeeper is going to have to close the opening between the two worlds before this war starts and before they smash into each other right. and one of them breaks and the other one's probably like plastic right. actually i bet you it was plastic yeah that's probably how they did it but anyway right and then he gives her that phrase to tell peter who, who he says you'll need him by your side and i believe that's the phrase that she utters when she first regains consciousness in the hospital right i didn't yeah verify the, that, the, right. the thing his mother used to say right, to right. be a better man than your father except it yeah. was in greek i forget what it was maybe oh maybe it's greek yeah and then he says yeah and the last thing i gotta tell you is i pulled you out of a moving car and you know physics is a bitch so yeah and she it is right that's what i I said for most of my senior year (laughs) yeah uh and then we see her fly through the windshield except in this case she's in the uh walter's lab i need to speak to nina sharp (laughs) So, uh, yeah. um, you know, it was certainly a jolt, physical jolt, but, but, uh, still, and that's of course, when we hear about the poly exclusion principle, no two objects can occupy, occupy the same space at the same time. So what does that exactly mean? I, I mean, we've certainly encountered the idea of the same individual time traveling. So right. if somebody time travels back an hour 
will they encounter themselves? And, and, you know, I mean, obviously we've talked how many times about time travel rules that the writers set up. And as long as they're consistent, then, you know, who's to say they're wrong. But I guess it, it does seem as if what Nina's saying here about the poly exclusion principle is that it's not necessarily that two, you know, Olivia Dunham's can't exist in the same universe. It's that they can't occupy the same space. And then we've got a, well, what the hell does that even mean? Occupy right. the same space. So, yeah. you know, at this point we don't know, but I mean, we get a sense kind of uh, about what might be coming down the road in, in, in terms of this. Well, you know, it just, it, it, it totally opens up the, what the writers will be able to do though. You know? Sure. You know, in that, that, final scene where Broyles is trying to help Olivia process what's just happened to her. And, and of course she can't process the fact that her partner was killed to open a door to the other side. And of course, Broyles ever the pragmatist is, is thinking, well, yeah, I think they probably found the head that they were looking for. And then of course we see Roger Cross standing over the head with the symbol being attached to the body. And then even before the head's, completely reattached its eyes open and yeah. um, i'm guessing we're going to see that shapeshifter rise from the table and begin wreaking havoc in some form but uh right and I, you know again at first i'm like oh is that an observer because the you know the head is bald but i guess it doesn't necessarily have to be yeah well yeah and and that's one of the things we still don't exactly know what the purpose of the observers really is. So, I mean, you know, we, we've got two universes in play. We've got the fact that the alternate universe wants to come and go to war with the prime universe, except that the prime universe doesn't have a clue right? except for Walter. And it's not really clear whether Walter even remembers that at this point. Yeah, so, his, well, I mean, obviously his memory has not been helpful. Right, right. So, so far. Right, and that's the spoiler that, that we'll keep in our vest pocket for now. Except I never wear a vest. Like, right, <laughs> yeah, good point. I'll put it on my back pocket. Okay, um, and then you sit on it, and then where would we be? Um, anyway. Uh, big chairs that are well cushioned. <laughs> right. Um, so, so, you know, so, so we certainly know that, that's going on. We know that Olivia is now aware of it because William Bell and, and Nina have, you know, essentially told her. Well, I guess, no, we see him telling her like, that was like kind of confusing me actually. Yeah. I'll admit, because we see all this stuff and it, that's just a, you know, they, they, they flashed. It seems like she's met him on multiple is it multiple occasions or was it just one? You know, like it's, I, I, that was the one part, like I really found it difficult to process as to whether what we're seeing is, uh, Olivia meeting William Bell on numerous occasions and she just didn't remember any of them. Or if this is just the one occasion, she's just having multiple flashbacks to the one time she met William. Yeah. I think it's the latter that it's just one time okay. when, 
you know, she has the car accident and she's just remembering it. And this is the, the longest of the exchange that we get to actually see. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, she certainly knows she's in New York when she's in William Bell's office, even though she can see that the Twin Towers are still standing and they're not in her universe. You know, that that doesn't really mess with her head. She's she's grasping the fact that the multiverse is in play here. I'm in the other universe and William Bell's explaining basically what's going on and he's trying to convince her that a what we did to you as children was not only okay but it was necessary and as you kind of implied a few minutes ago yeah no is that maybe too easy a response on our part well i I mean or are children just off limits you know, I mean, when you're talking about like the survival of the universe, right? Um, you know, you can justify a lot there. Okay, I would say. Right. But my what my response would be that there's been people in the past who have justified doing some pretty terrible things in the name of what they saw the quote unquote the greater good. Yeah. Hey, Arkansas just uh, lifted their uh, child labor laws, so uh, you know we can. Oh, good for Arkansas! Yeah, we can get those kids in the sweatshops and uh, start making you know ninety nine dollar forty two inch flat screen yeah. TVs, and you know we don't we don't need to buy from China. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what else do you want to bring up? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, this there was a lot of stuff going here. You know, but I think we we pretty much got like the the main the main bits of it. Okay, um, I don't think there's any big things that. Oh, Brandon, Brandon, have we seen Brandon before? I don't. Th- I think this is the first time we see Brandon. I isn't think it? you're right. Right. Uh, I love Brandon. Right, and he's you, the best. Right, and if you guys forget, he's the tech that works for Nina. That yeah, the the wise cracking tech at uh, at massive dynamic right and not he's the best right and he's not only best. can i do what you need i can send it to your smartphone or actually it's not a smartphone i don't know what the hell it was but yeah. i guess 2009 they didn't have smartphones yet uh, maybe i don't know but maybe yeah i don't know either so i don't think i did yeah that's pretty well i definitely didn't good. Just oh well, let me think. Now nah, I was still rocking. I know the for flip sure phone. In, in 2008, I definitely had a flip phone, still. But I had the ability to text, which I previously had not had on the phone. Uh, so I probably still had that phone in 2009. But there were definitely people with better phones. So the smartphone was around at that time. Okay, I just didn't have one. I think it's uh, right when she shoots Charlie that we see the. The mural, the mural of Van Gogh's self-portrait is like on the wall. Oh, you know what? I was paying attention to the mural, and then I thought, well, I don't see anything that means anything. But yeah, that's... well, I'm not sure what that means. Oh, okay, <laughs> it was cool. They might have just, yeah, they might just. I'm sure they're filming in Vancouver, right? Probably. So they just were like, hey, this is a cool little place to film this scene. You know? Yeah, I think that's uh, that, that's that's it. I think, man. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to the feedback. And Suzanne in Germany checked in via email once again. Thanks for another great episode. Guten Tag, Suzanne. Say again. Sorry, I just said Guten Tag. Oh, okay. German. <laughs> All right, I love. I, I, I took like a year of German in college, but I, I, I learned nothing. 
I learned less than I probably knew less German. And it's not the fault of the teachers. I was just like, I it was, I I, I got I was in the the equivalent of what we would call the standard classes in high school, and uh, and and so we weren't like I don't know. You're, it was just it was a bad situation. You were in uh, German reg. I was in German reg. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. And, and I wasn't a very good student and. I did not apply myself very well. I don't want to point fingers at other people. It's no one else's fault but my own. I was just a, a shitty student. I probably should. I had taken four years of Spanish. I don't know why I just didn't take Spanish. It probably been easier on me. But anyway. All right. Well, Suzanne continues. I love how you always quote the best lines and point out the most touching emotional moments. The scenes in Walter's lab with the whole crew are still my favorite. And I'm happy that you too are shipping Olivia and Peter. I mean, how could you not? Too bad Walter yeah. misses his chance with Rebecca. Yeah, and as we said, I he didn't miss. He, he like just he threw it away. Yeah, like, but just like I said, not 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 even remotely in the the realm of believability. But I think he has some remorse that he's not sure whether or not he was doing the right thing back then in terms of his experiments. And, and I, again, I don't want to keep going down that rabbit hole that she was an adult my, and she agreed. And my, my counterpoint to that is she's super good high. point. All right. Uh, I really have to force myself to stop watching after one episode. I'm already so drawn into that world. Well, these worlds again, I just finished season one of counterpart and liked it a lot, but since I don't want to watch season two right away, I'm still thinking about which show to watch next probably out of range wouldn't recommend oh stop (laughs) it would have the benefit of sci-fi tv rewatch coverage that's a good point the tunnel sounds good as well thanks dave for saying just enough to make me curious but not too much and to your point regarding the rating system you apply i was actually wondering about that just because i'm convinced there'll be a lot of a's down the line with fringe i might not remember every little detail but without spoiling anything what i do still know is that with each episode in each season it just got better and better fred that's for sure that's true yep you're in for a real treat and and we've acknowledged that that there are some shows i mean dark was certainly one that uh, it was difficult to give it anything below an a and and in that case you know dark had i believe 10 episode seasons i mean certainly not 20 the way fringe has no no i'm pretty sure they were 10 right uh, yeah. thank you for your kind words, Fred, a compliment from a Dutch. Wow. I can die happy now. <laughs> I love that. That's great. You know, Dave and Wayne correct my mistakes when they read my stuff and make me sound smarter. Actually, we don't. I mean, I mean, yeah, not <laughs> not, really. we don't correct your mistakes because we no, don't I, see any. Yeah. Um, thanks yeah. for that guys. But I indeed have the pleasure to write in English all day long. I work for an international law firm, which is by the way, why I have a soft spot for shows following lawyers. It's kind of my therapy for the madness I've experienced in over 15 years, and it's still my first job. I swear I could write my own legal drama, and we're talking three seasons minimum. (laughs) I know all the partners' dirty secrets, so I'm not particularly scared of getting fired. I love this. If anything, I guess I'll go missing mysteriously one day. Yeah, that's that's a little dark, but hey, you know, German lawyer dudes, if... uh, Leave Suzanne alone. She goes missing. You're going to have the wrath of sci-fi TV rewatch come and from down. From a narrative you. perspective, it, it's it's gold. It's cliche. Yeah, okay, actually, you're right. You know, it really, is. You'd be like, 
It's derivative. Oh, Come on, lawyers. Right. Come up with something better. Um, but who would have thought that writing in English to and about a podcast you like is so much more enjoyable than all the lame law stuff? Unfortunately, I don't have that many opportunities to actually speak English, and I'm a shy mess in general and not nearly as confident as you, Fred. I admire how you pull it off each week. What you said in German made me laugh. Brilliant idea. I'll record feedback in German in which I make fun of David Wayne, and no one but you will be able to understand it. Okay. I love well, it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not without Google Translate. German skills, Suzanne. Yeah, there's a, we have ways to find out what y'all are saying. So, all right. Um, on a more serious note, I hope by the time you hear this, your wife will be much better. I join David Wayne in their best wishes for her. And lastly, on the language issue again, each episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch is such a good English lesson. I have learned some interesting phrases from Wayne. Let's say I blushed when I looked them up. I am glad that he hasn't completely grown up yet. This way I get to learn the truly important English vocabulary. Um, Susan, Suzanne, I can guarantee you and my wife, this is a source of constant frustration that I will probably never, ever grow up. Um, and so I, I, I don't know whether I am proud or, or embarrassed that I made you blush, but um, at least, uh, you know, hopefully you can learn some good English uh, dialect or what, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, uh, I'm not helping you, know, you out here. Like some slang, <laughs> some, some common everyday English that uh, you would hear on, on the streets or in the gutter. No, and Wayne, I can't believe you really made me look for that Ravens documentary. You sold it by saying the Ravens were hated everywhere outside Baltimore, if that doesn't sound appealing. But I couldn't find the source to watch it. I don't have access to either ESPN+, Plus, Hulu, or Disney+. Plus. I watched a few clips on YouTube that haven't put me off, so keep an eye out for the whole thing. Uh, thanks for reading, as always. Take care, and speak soon. You know, I, I just I don't know what to say to someone who doesn't have ESPN, Dave, that my brain just kind well, of well ESPN plus, which is well, their right. Well, probably, well, yeah, I don't I even imagine. have it. Well, I know, but we get like normal ESPN. Uh, I, I, you probably can't get just ESPN like in Europe. Oh, right? well, yeah, I don't know. You'd probably need ESPN plus. Yeah, okay. but Suzanne, as I said at the beginning of this, there's always the trial period. Everyone has like a seven day trial period. You, you can get a trial period for almost. Anything. Yeah, good point. You watch what you want to watch, and then you. But you know, you, know, I, you split. I I don't know why, but as much online shopping as we do, and dude, we do a lot. I'm somehow reluctant to give my credit card information to get a free trial. Dave, I know. I don't know. Your credit card information is. Everywhere. I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, I could probably. I'm going to see if I can find your credit card information right, right. now. Right. So I don't know why that puts me off, but anyway, I know. I, you know, I, 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 like I said, I, for a long time, I was very. I would. I wouldn't do it. I'd just be like, yeah, whatever. But now I'm just like, yeah, what the hell? You got a seven day free trial. I'll take that seven days. Yeah, you know, I only want to watch one thing. Boom, watch it leave uh, Suzanne the only thing I would say is we were a lot more immature back in the early years of the podcast and if you can believe if that. you can believe that yes but uh, all right. Dave does a good 
job of, of trying to reel me in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it was easier when we were in studio. You could actually, you know, physically just look at me like, don't, don't say it. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us this week, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Fringe Season 2, Episode 4. This is an episode i never seen before, so from now on, every week, Fringe is completely new for me. When this series remains this good, I feel very lucky to have almost four seasons to go of this, of which most of them have 23. Two or 23 episodes and only the last one is 13. First off, coming back to last week's podcast, you were talking about Marvel fatigue and having series where you have to watch the movies or the other way around or that they announce like, if you want to see this movie, you have to see this and that movie first. I really have a kind of Marvel timeline for myself indeed and I just follow it. So if there is nothing else, I will just continue watching, for instance, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I think, Wayne, I agree with Dave, is terrific. I really like the storylines there. I got stuck at Season 5, Episode 13. Consequence of all this is that I don't watch the newer movies apart from standing alone movies because I just want to see them if they are fit into the timeline. So perhaps some Marvel movies I just will see in five or eight years when I'm just there. Shortly, what am I watching? I started with Mandalorian season three. Probably Wayne also watches this. Really, really great. And the first episode I gave an A plus and a 10. Let's get into episode 4 of Fringe. I had some kind of memory that they restored Charlie somehow, but I don't know where I got that. Charlie's own body is burned in the oven and second Charlie is now shot dead, leaking mercury. I didn't look at IMDb because I didn't want to know if, if Kirk Acevedo comes back. That's the actor, of course, who plays Charlie. And as said before, when Charlie doesn't come back, I really wonder if Agent Jessup comes back, our Duchess. I think I would give this episode a straight A, because it has much more overarching themes. On the other hand, I'm not against a Monster of the Week episode, but somehow they are often more likely to be a little weaker. So the combination would be best. Great to see a little bit more of William Bell here and also getting more the idea where this story is going to. Great to see Leonard Nimoy. At his age, he really reminds me of playing the old Spock in some of the Next Generation episodes. Season 5, episode 7 and 8 called Unification 1 and 2. Although this is quite later because he played in those episodes of The Next Generation in 1991, whereas this season of Fringe is from 2010. Perhaps I got this mixed up with his role in the Kelvin Timeline movie Star Trek Into Darkness of three years later, 2013. Another Kelvin Timeline movie, The Future Begins, is just before this, 2009. Okay, enough about Leonard Nimoy's history. Let's get back to this episode of Fringe. 
First nitpick is, of course, a medical one when Olivia is seizuring on the floor and they will put a needle into her heart with adrenaline or something like that. It really was a big needle and the force with which Peter Bishop puts it in her chest, I think it had to come out on the other side. Whoa. I noticed, by the way, that if in your personal life something happens, these kinds of scenes can be dramatic. Because my wife is currently in the hospital with a cardiac arrhythmia. Well, they won't put a needle in her heart, but they will next week put some cables in her heart and giving her shock there to find out where the arrhythmia comes from. Then such scenes as this, which I normally have no problems with, suddenly get a different meaning. Another one was, for instance, in The Last of Us, where Pedro Pascal plays Joel. He gets a kind of panic attack, but it looked like a heart attack. And then such scenes suddenly have a different kind of meaning and importance. What Anna Torf can do with her face is really incredible, especially in discussion with William Bell in her flashback. All the facial expressions there and the way she is very critical towards him. Really, really very nice scene. Much more from her side than from his. Great were the scenes with Rebecca and the interaction with Walter and how Peter is from the sideline watching that really, really great, really nicely acted. And that Rebecca from the video versus the present day Rebecca, they did a nice typecasting. It, it was a kind of similar face. But I have to rewatch to really realize how much she did help now. What did it reveal or where did she contribute? Uh, I have to rewatch that. Uh, it's not completely clear to me. Okay, time's up. That will be all for this time. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Now, I already mentioned that I didn't see how they could bring Charlie and Kirk Acevedo back, but as you, you know, clearly point out, well, we already know because I'm almost positive we saw him in the other universe at, at the uh, at the accident. I'm like ninety percent. Yeah, I should have probably gone back. But but watch. you say yeah. that, and then I remember he's got one of those. I don't know what to call them, like little English golfing. Hat caps of the or, or driving oh, caps of the yeah driving cap i think he was wearing one of those yeah right hey, right right so ah you're not gonna try and insult the driving cap wearing audience are you Dave? well yeah uh yeah wow my brother asked me how does formula one make their money to be able to pay these exorbitant salaries i know i'm now kind of going off on a but you brought up dry go for it i thought all right i i love racing i love formula one um you know i'm italian uh love ferraris uh let me get a ferrari uh baseball cap 50 bucks for a baseball cap even their baseball caps are expensive easy whiz so that's crazy anyway, man. Uh, well you should just get a nice little driving cap you know you're old enough you could sport one of those yeah no yeah. I mean, it's like st patrick's day man irish people wear those all the time to make themselves look yeah, more Irish. So. i'm gonna spring for the 50 bucks but uh anyway the other thing in fred's feedback that i did want to address you know you kind of have to wonder how olivia's anger toward william bell is going to manifest itself moving forward because it's not going to go away no amount of convincing about the 
evil universe on the other side planning to come and wreak havoc on our side. That That's not going to convince Olivia that they abused her and the other Cortexafan children. So, Except for, I think, that maybe the more she sees of it, the more she might soften. Yeah. Yeah. And- but but you're right. It's, it's tough, to, especially when you've experienced that as a kid. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, it, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? It's difficult to get past that, the trauma that you, you experienced. Right. And now that she's been over there and now that she's talked to William Bell, now that she's learned more about his and Walter's reasons for the Cortexafan trials to begin with, you have to believe that this is not going to be their only exchange. So what will you don't bring Leonard Nimoy in for just like, exactly. You know, right. Right. You know, like you bring Leonard Nimoy in, you bring him in for a reason. Yeah. And I just don't know how long we're going to have to wait for that. Number one, and what's going to happen in the interim to change her mind. Obviously, as you said, she's going to learn more. What will she learn? Who will she learn it from? You know, I mean, obviously right. Nina Sharp knows a lot. We've said how many sure. times Nina knows way more than she's saying. Right. So I guess we'll see. But uh, anything else about Fred's feedback? Just that, yes, I am watching The Mandalorian, Fred, and I, I love it for sure. Uh, big time. Um, I, I if I gave the impression I didn't like Agents of Shield, that that's inaccurate. I did like it a lot, Dave. I just didn't love it. Yeah, I you know? know. But I liked it. It was good. You know, I, I watched all of it, so I stuck with it. So that you know, that's that's something. I'm, now I'm much more willing to dump a show when it you know doesn't please me right away. I'm pointing. At, look at you, new quantum leap. And also, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's funny how things uh, resonate with you or with just not you, Fred, but with people um, when you experience something in, in life that is similar, as you said, with, uh, um, you know, Peter, you know, jamming the needle and also uh, Joel's uh, panic attacks or, you know, it seemed like heart attacks and Last of Us, um, you know, when we have things in our actual real life that are similar to that. These, these things can, can trigger and, and can, you know, they, they, you know, make things different for us and, and certainly to a much lesser degree. And I've talked about Dave, like how I, why I just can't watch minority report, because, not that my son's gone missing, but you know, I have a son named Sean and in the, the movie, when it came out, Sean was just a, a little boy. And it's about a little boy who gets taken from his father. His name is Sean. And I, I haven't, I've, I, I don't even think I finished watching my Nora report and I, I haven't seen it since. So it's just, you know, it's just, yeah, that can, that can happen. That happens all the time. And, you know, I just hope Vera gets better. We're, we're really thinking about it and hoping for it and praying for it, man. All right. Well, why don't we leave it there? Because as you were talking, I was trying to think, uh, all right, Wayne and I need to come up with a, that's what she said exchange for uh, Suzanne, <laughs> but to help her with right. her English. Well, you can't you can't make it right. Exactly it right. You're right. It just has to happen. It just has to happen naturally. Yep. That's what she said. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, we will leave it there. That will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. 
Love to hear what you think about Fringe, the peripheral, anything going on in your genre world. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. We'll be back next week to talk about Episode 5 of Season 2 of the Fox series Fringe. But until then... Yeah, Dave, I think I'm going to give this episode an A, and then we can file it under A for antipsychotics.